Recording. Recording. I've had a cold this week. Not, I checked it wasn't COVID. But my voice has gone. (laughs) I mean, exercising it through speaking has made it go a bit better. But Mm. earlier on, it was very, you know, getting lower and lower and lower. Hello, and welcome to another. (laughs) Welcome to another. Hark the Seven Creasing podcast. Your late night looking (laughs) at Hark late night. Like the uh, Midnight Call, you remember that? Don Johnson. Taking you through to the early hours with Ed McBain chat and smooth jazz. (laughs) Right, let's do this. Hark, it's an 87th Precinct Podcast bonus episode. This is the bonus episode to accompany our look at book number 55 of 55 in the 87th Precinct series by Ed McBain. It's Fiddlers, and this is our bonus episode for our last episode of the main series of stuff. This is it. We're heading towards the end like a steam train going full tilt down a crime fiction book. Mm. <laughs> I just didn't have a clue where that was going. I hit steam train, realised it probably wasn't a very useful metaphor, and just went silly instead. That so powering it, burning books. Oh, I don't yeah, Oof, like, a, like all the McBain now. <laughs> now arriving at it's platform the two, the uh, celebration train Fahrenheit four five one. <laughs> celebration train. I knew what I mean. Anyway, yeah, it doesn't really work any of that. I don't no, think. shut up, Paul. <laughs> Oh, well, if you're going to go loopy, do it in your very last bit of recording. Yeah, yes. Anyway, this is this is the bonus episode, so that means a look at the book covers and then some stuff about 2005, the year that it was... Um, I said 2005 then, like an American. Ooh. Like the year that uh, that it was released. 2005 <laughs> is the year that The Transformers, the movie, takes place. Ah. One of the best films ever made and animated from 1986. Mm-hmm. So, and if anyone disagrees, you can come and fight me. Please don't fight me. I'm very weak. The year is 2005. <laughs> right. Okay. Enough of that nonsense. Let us get on to a look at the book covers of the original editions. And now that my silly little tablet thing is charged up, what I can do is I can pass to Steve-O this picture so he can describe to me both the US hardback and the accompanying paperback because they are the same thing. Remembering, of course, that this is a new publisher in America. This is Harcourt publishing it, I think in conjunction with Otto Penzler in America. Mm. So, Steve-O, would you please Mm. lend your eyes and brain to that and describe it for the listening public? Sinister, says Ed McBain. Well, Fiddler's a novel of the 87th Precinct, and that's in white text taking up a lot of space. But in the background, there is a gun pointing upwards, which is smoking, and then there's shadowy faces, figures, a a woman looking, a man standing, somebody who looks like Freddy Krueger, looking (laughs) a bit menacing. I don't really know what's going on in any of that lot, but there are some people and they're funny colours. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I notice it's got, around the 87th, it's got the red circle, which harks back circle. to a lot of the 
earlier designs or that use it? the sort of Sorry. green circle around it. That's right, yeah. But yeah, I don't know what those people are doing, though. That's all a bit strange. Waiting to get shot, I suspect. Just lying Maybe, up. yeah. Well, it's not much of a cover, is it? I mean, it's, no, it could it's... be any crime book, really. Gun in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's better it than some generic crime book. Worse than many. Territory, isn't it? Very much. Yeah. Mm. Is. And so by default, you have now described the paperback edition as well, because right, it's exactly okay. the same. Yeah, I think the only difference is it's got a pull quote on the on the top of the... A fitting finale to the 87th Precinct epic, the Wall Street Journal says, on the paperback edition, which otherwise is exactly the same. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Well, that being the case, I will allow Morgan to describe the UK editions, and he doesn't need to be handed any That's pictures true. here, because... Amongst <laughs> amongst our collection, I think we've got all variants of. So, go on. Tell us about the Orion edition, so, please, Morgan. Yeah, the Orion edition. Um, it's mainly taken up by a close-up detail of what we assume is a violin. Uh, we've got the big uh, F hole uh, there um, with extra holes, which look like bullet holes. Yeah. Um, and some blood stains as well. Uh, it's very, uh, very dramatic. And... Behind it, um, the handle and trigger guard of a gun, which I'm assuming is probably a Glock. I, I wouldn't know a Glock from any other gun particularly, but... No, me either. It doesn't have quite the sort of wraparound effect that some of the, no. some of the other Orions do. Some of them have the, the, the whole design kind of c- continues round, but this one doesn't. It does have the presumed Glock again on the back. Yeah, I think it implies on this one that... So the violin appears to be laid on top of one gun and... It is a continuous picture because on the back there's another gun on a drain, mm. and it's still one picture, but it's, it's like suggesting that there's more than one gun. But mm. which is odd since there isn't. No, but yeah, it, it's at least, there's only one gun. Yes, in it. it does at least it bears sort of some relevance to the the, the plot, and is quite striking, isn't it? I guess. Yeah, it is, and so we've got different editions each. So you have got in your possession there, Morgan. It's a paperback, but it's a big paperback. You like your big paperbacks? Uh, it's just the one that I happened to find at the time, yeah. Um... It makes you look like a small person, like it's a normal size book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not one with the big writing in, is it? <laughs> not particularly, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's like the, the the large version that sometimes go to libraries, isn't it? So I, I guess so, yeah. The big paperback. Steve O has People got. with big thumbs. <laughs> I've just got the regular sized one. Yeah, Steve's got a normal size paperback. I have got a hardback edition, but not the actual first edition hardback in the UK, but the BCA edition, which seemed to be quite common, really. This edition published 2005 by BCA by arrangement with Orion. We're having one final huff. Yeah, let's go on. Go on, go in for a huff, Steve-O. Yours looks like it's had a life. Yeah, it doesn't smell very much uh, relative to how battered. Oh, this is a very thorough huff for the oh, final, yeah, the last one, the final one. Well, very disappointing for a final one. I was hoping to uh, well, describe it... a mustiness or a, a meatiness to it. No. But, uh, but there isn't very um, a mild perfume. It's, it's youthful years betray yeah. it, perhaps. Yes, no. maybe, ah. despite the fact that the pages are falling out. It does look like it's been... Uh, through the ringer, though, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Go on, Morgan. So, I mean, yeah, boring for a last see, one, that. It's looking looking quite sort of damp. Yeah, and yours does look like so. it's lived a life. It as does, well. doesn't it? Let's have a go. Oh, deep. 
Yeah, it's, it's like just a, a little kind of mustiness around the edges. It's not 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 as fragrant as some of them, but uh, <laughs> yeah. well, I'll check my hardback edition. Not much to report, I'm afraid no, to say. One of the more odorless. One of the more odorless ones. No, we could have pretended, but no. I mean, it's obviously they're all newer books, and mm. I can't believe we spent most of this podcast smelling books. Well. Because I believe it was uh, our friend Stella Weaver who first made a point of, of saying, I don't think we'd even noticed we'd started doing it. And then when we were going to stop doing it, I think Stella Have we like, not always done it every episode? Then, I can't do you remember. Think we I'm not going back to listen again. No. That's madness. Yeah, That's where madness lies. I probably forgot to do it a few times, but I, yeah. I do try and remember. Anyway, no, all it symbolises is that books are amazing physical objects. Yes. And while I have no objection with anyone reading things in digital format at all... You can't that's huff fine. a... You can't huff you, a, a, an iPad. No, you can't. You can't. You'd, you'd be mad to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that way madness lies. Where's madness? Over there. Every direction. Right. Uh, a couple of... <laughs> Overseas editions, so the so normally the Italian we had those. I mean, we've been saying this for like months now. The Italian editions used to be brilliant in the Mm. Giallo Mondadori range, and then they started to get really boring. Mm -mm. And this has hit new peaks of boring. So I'm not even going to sort of say, "Oh, Steve, you describe this and make him do something funny," because it's just crap. (laughs) Just says Ed McBain, uh, a story of the 87th precinct. Traditori, which I think means traitors, which is no. a slightly different type. And then it's just a picture of an NYPD cop car. Oh. It's rubbish. I couldn't even find a high-res version of it. To... No, uh, they might as well not bothered. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But there is a Hayakawa pocket mystery book. Whew. And for the last time ever, I'm passing this to Steve-O to lend his analytic weight to this. Oh, look at all the blood. Right, there's there's blood everywhere. Well, there's the colour red. Is it blood? Probably. I'm saying it's blood. So the, it looks like uh, there's green and yellow and there's 87 scratched in the middle really with some, like, blue stripes and then something that resembles something like a tunnel, like some arches. But then there's lots of splats everywhere. It does look, <laughs> do, it does look like... Lots it of looks splats. like blood, it does. Um, and then there's a yellowy thing there that could be a dead golden retriever, maybe I don't know. But I don't know what that um, that's supposed to represent. The, the like the arches, it's like a tilty arch. Mm, maybe yeah, it's just um, just looks like it, and maybe yeah, it isn't. A bit in the book where the killer starts going underneath the arches. <laughs> yeah. I dream my dreams away. Fiddlers. Yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, so I, I like that. As ever, but, the, uh, it's the quite abstracts. impossible to decipher, really. Yeah, the abstracts are the best, and I would they I'd are. give anything for a set of those. That'd oh, be, that'd be cool, that'd be brilliant. And if you do have any exciting and weird editions of any of the eighty seventh precinct books, we like to see them. So do you know? Send them along to our various social things: Instagram or Twitter, Hark eighty seven podcast. Then, because there's there's always more to discover. It turns out, and you know things keep cropping up. That even though I think I've done a really thorough look into as many things as I can find efficiently on the internet. Odd things keep cropping up all the time, so if you've got anything weird, do let me know. 
So will it be like different versions, like French and German? Yeah, there's, there's mm. French and German. Then uh, it's been they've been translating it in lots and lots of languages. Whether they all use new artwork or what, mm, because I presume some publishers have international distribution in, or they sort of have partner sister companies and other. Play, I don't know, mm. but uh, they might just. Well, certainly these days they probably just have the same. Yeah, I think I've got a French edition of one of them, possibly Poison, which I think I picked up in a a, a charity shop batch without bothering to look. Oh, right. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, great!" Got it home. Did you get it home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bonjour, Monsieur <laughs> Carella. So maybe I'll, I'll I'll share that on our to, yeah, to yeah. our socials at some point. Uh, yeah, I can read, read read from it. Yeah, I'll get an audio book. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I stumbled across like three Italian hardback editions in in a charity shop in town. Cool. Uh, not long ago as well, I did take a foot on that and shared shared it. But yeah, I've not come across lots that are very different or very interesting, except for the those were coming across the Italian ones published as essentially newsagent style mm. Giallo Mondadori yeah, things, great. and then these Japanese ones, as we know that the, the Japanese love. McBain stuff and they keep remaking it and publishing them and so it's great any road that said we can now just get into 2005 and whilst in the main episode I did say it feels like yesterday a thing I've said many times about many of the recent <laughs> years it's like if you'd have asked me to name any of the albums or films from 2005 without me doing the research I would have struggled but let's start I think with the highest grossing films of 2005 the top 10 and I will say, I'm just going to do a quick calculation. I'm going to say that five of which I would call kids' films. It's Potter quite... started by them. Yes, it has. And the number one film is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Not bothered. Potter. Was, was that sort of the um, Star Wars prequels era? Yes, it was, Morgan. I don't know which one it would have been. But the, the last. Yes. The last was, one. It was, it was episode that... three. Uh, which is called Revenge of the Sith. No, it is. Yes. Oh, yes. So that was the second highest grossing film. I watched Revenge of the Sith that's not long the ago. The, that's passable, isn't it? It's, Unlike the other yeah, two. Yeah, I've never seen. It. I made a point recently of re of because I've never seen any of those first first <laughs> air quotes three Star Wars films all the way through in one go. <laughs> so because I've been watching things like The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett, The Book of Boba Fett. Um, I made a point of going back and watching them. Do you mean episodes and one, two, three here? One, two, three. Mm. That first one's dreadful. Oh, this, uh, they are atrocious films. Absolutely atrocious. Yeah, so much worse way. than I thought they were. Didn't get all the way through The Phantom Menace, and I, I couldn't be bothered. I couldn't face the other ones. They, 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 they do get better. They do. The I mean, second one's got little moments. Yeah, but, but it's... It, they're very poor and pretty racist as well. You know, the first one particularly, you know, in terms of how it sets out as idiots and who it sets out as enemies, it's very, very bad writing. Oh, dear. And the and even watching it on Disney Plus when it, they're in as high a quality as I will ever see them, you know, on, on a posh telly with nice sound and all that sort of stuff, it's they look dreadful because they're all shot on digital stages. It's just... Mm. I'm sorry... I'd, I'm not a Star Wars nerd by any means, and those first three, goodness me. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on from that. And yet, Revenge of the Sith was at number two in our 
highest grossing films. Then number three was from another fantasy series Um, that was not written by Tolkien, but by someone he knew very well. uh, uh, Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Yeah, that was it. Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Mm. I've forgotten about those films completely. They're all right, actually. They're not yeah. too bad, the, the ones they made. They should have gone through and done all of them, right through to mm. The Silver Chair, The Last Battle, all those things. Yeah. And the great thing about having them made as big, uh, entertaining fantasy epics for the screen is that they sort of squash all the Christian symbols <laughs> a little bit, which I didn't pick up as when I was a no, kid reading No, I, I was totally unaware of all that when I was... I loved them, I was... absolutely loved the Chronicles of Narnia. Just a talking lion, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, number four, War of the Worlds, the Tom Cruise version, which isn't bad. It's not never, bad never at all. I've never seen it. Honestly, for an adaptation of that of that story... I know they keep trying to make, or the, the BBC recently, I say recently, probably <laughs> probably before this whole thing kicked off, did their adaptation of it, mm. which was atrocious. I hate it when I go down a list and have to say everything's rubbish. But, <laughs> but the BBC adaptation of War of the Worlds was one of the worst things I've ever seen. And actually, the Tom Cruise version of 2005 is really good. Mm. It's Justin Hayward in it. <laughs> he plays um, the worlds. Um, <laughs> Number five, remake of King Kong. Unnecessary. Yeah, no one needed that. That was Peter Jackson going, I've oh, finished Lord of the Rings, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> uh, sit on my hands, now I'm going to make King Kong. Uh, that was a terrible New Zealand accent, because it wasn't a New Zealand accent, sorry. Number six is Madagascar, the cartoon film. Mm. The cartoon film, <laughs> sounded like an old person. Number seven, Mr and Mrs Smith. Was that Angelina Jolie? Brad Pitt, possibly, yeah. yeah. Number eight, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Ugh. Awful. I'm doing it again. <laughs> but it was awful. Why do you need to remake that? The, the 70s one's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Batman Begins. Oh, yeah. That was number nine. And at number 10 was Hitch. Not a film about Hitchcock. No, a film about Will Smith doing some things, is it? Is I believe so. I've never seen it and know nothing about uh, it. That, that's my summary of the plot. Will Smith doing some things. Yeah. I've never seen any of them films, apart from... You've seen Revenge of the Sith. Apart from that one. Yeah. yeah. Of all of the ones to have seen. I know. I mean, it's not much of a list. I mean, genuinely, for me, out of all of them, War of the Worlds is probably the best. I think I've only seen... Batman Begins? Uh, ba- yeah, Batman Begins and Madagascar. Out of the- <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen Madagascar. I've definitely seen Revenge of the Sith... Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, War of the Worlds. I've seen King Kong. I've seen Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Hated it. And I've I seen Batman Begins. I saw so a I've... bit of Charlie You're Chocolate a lover Factory. of 2005 yeah, cinema. an aficionado, if oh, you will. no, don't. <laughs> but I'll give you some other films from that year that um, <laughs> didn't make the chart. Anyway, and certainly not the top ten. Racing Stripes. Ah, oh, marvellous. The, um, the pinnacle of the uh, talking zebra genre. <laughs> yep. Um... Electra, there was quite a lot of like, now we're so used to there being these superhero movies and various products and spin-offs and TV series. Mm. This 2005 is that period where they haven't quite got it. Mm. So you end up with films like Electra, which was a spin-off of Daredevil and things like that. You have the remake of Assault on Precinct 13. I think I went to the cinema to see that. Oh, I've never seen the original, sorry. It's good. Yeah, I would like yeah, to see it. Yeah, I, I gather it's really good and I've never seen it either. Yeah, I, I would like to see it. 
Sin City, which I've never seen all the way through. Oh, yeah. I went to the cinema to see that. I, well, I, I couldn't pick so a film you're before. you're the aficionado. Well, I, couldn't, <laughs> I, I, I came to this without a film to recommend because I was just going down the list and thinking, I haven't seen any of these. <laughs> but, yeah, I did go and see Sin that, that was the one that was... Um, God, the guy. What's his name? Not the guy who did the cartoon. Anyway. Continue. Thank you. Uh, a remake. Moore. Oh. Um, a remake of the, Am- of the Amityville Horror. No, not the, seen that. There was the mm. film of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Which is such a strange thing. It had been in development for so long. Did have mm. Douglas Adams' fingerprints on it. But, you know, it could have been much worse. Mm. I saw that in the cinema, definitely. But just didn't quite get there. Mm. And Moss Def who I don't think is bad in things, mumbled his way through it to the point where you couldn't tell what he was saying. So all the jokes fell flat. Mm. Anyway, it's an odd one. I love Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's such a shame it couldn't quite get it right. Yeah, it would have been, it could have been great, couldn't it? But uh, yeah, tricky. The film of the League of Gentlemen's Apocalypse, (laughs) which I definitely saw in the cinema. So the League of Gentlemen movie, which... Is a if people don't know, the League of Gentlemen was a sketch style, dark, not a sitcom, comedy series. Yeah. Let's say, um, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. British TV series, comedy TV series that have films made is a strange mm. scenario that you could do a whole podcast on on the on TV series and their film adaptation. And I think Apocalypse does suffer a little it's, bit from that. Uh, weirdly meta, isn't it? I, yes, I, it's very meta. Yeah, too too meta. But that's all right because if you didn't like that, you'd have gone and seen Herbie Fully Loaded. Oh, is that oh. the Lindsay Lohan Herbie reboot? It is. Yes, <laughs> not Herbie Witchfinder General. Sadly. <laughs> oh God, you that's the Herbie Witchfinder General. I do. It's still my pinned tweet on Twitter. The poster I yeah. made for it. There <laughs> Best things I've ever thought of thought up in my my entire life. I don't know. I should get some T-shirts made so I can sell them. Um, David Tomlinson <laughs> as as Oliver Cromwell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Before we go down that road, uh, that road. Uh, right. Have I seen that League of Gentlemen film? Then uh, you, you mentioned it now, and I watched. All their stuff, saw them live, and yet I'm struggling to remember whether I even well, knew they made a film. It doesn't, it doesn't linger. I think even. I saw it when it was first on TV, but I, I can't remember much about it apart from feeling like it kind of vanished into its own kind of self-referencing, really. Yeah, it's, it um, the only thing I can remember about it is there's a point where someone says, that is an homunculus, <laughs> and being very pleased with the an uh, use of, use is of it the one that's mainly word. set around the church and the um, the the lady vicar? No, it was one no. of the specials, wasn't it? it was like, that was a Christmas one. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking you will of. You'll never leave. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it then. Anyway, this will nobody will have seen it. So <laughs> uh, the Terry Gilliam film, The Brothers Grimm, comes out. I've seen that once. Not good. Fa- <laughs> one of the Fantastic Four attempts that they they did. Presumably there'll be another one along before too long. Oh, yeah. uh, Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Very, very good. Mm, v for Vendetta. Ugh. Not too bad. It's not. I know... Uh, it's not as good as the graphic novel, obviously. Yeah, no. 
Last time I saw that, it wasn't as bad as I remembered it hmm. being the previous yeah. time I'd seen it. I think the weight of, of comic book nerds perhaps helped drag some of those sorts of things down. Yeah, I think so. Same with Watchmen as well, hmm. which isn't a bad film. It really isn't, actually. No, it's, it, gets an, it gets a bit of a bad bit. bit, bit of a bad it, rap. Get a Morgan? Uh, never mind, eh? <laughs> I did watch that recently in the full director's cut Tales of the Black Freighter inserted Ooh. version. Which took the entire day to watch. I imagine, yeah, I've never seen that. Uh, and the last one I want to mention is Brick. Anyway, which oh, cool, yeah, which is a that. sort of weird high school based, almost like detective noir. Yeah, thing. it's it's like a Chandler, uh, a Chandler novel set in high school, isn't it? Basically, yeah. it's yeah. Um, it's yeah, really good. I'd forgotten about that. I, I, I would have picked that if I'd remembered, but I didn't. <laughs> so I've picked something else. Okay, right, well. That's some of uh, 2005 in movies anyway, and we will give you our movie picks uh, in a little bit. TV. I've got a few <laughs> a few things. I'm saving music for last this time, you see. I'm going to do TV now. So this is all debuts on TV, as it's always been for the past few episodes. We're doing the debuts. UK television debuts. Mm. I've got to speak then. I got suddenly really excited. <laughs> Doctor Who. <gasps> Hang on, you're saying that debuted in 1963. Well, no, it came back to screens in 2005 with Christopher Eccleston as the Doctor, who stayed for one series. <laughs> and it'll be coming back again soon. Not that it's gone away since then, but yeah, that was very big and significant for yes. me as a Doctor Who fan. We also have the debut of The Thick of It. Oh, oh yeah. The Armando yeah. Iannucci helmed political thing. With lots of swearing. Lots and lots of swearing. <laughs> and the made a star out of the character of Malcolm Tucker, which it shouldn't have done, or really he should have been the absolute worst enemy that you should ever have. <laughs> and probably confused politics more than it made us understand it. In the best sort of way. Oh, yeah. Deal or no deal. Oh, <sighs> Of which I've never seen one full episode. No, it was massive, wasn't it? Relaunched Edmund's yet, career. Yet didn't another it? relaunch for Noel Edmonds somehow. Yeah. So, so a, a quiz, it just but like people with boxes which had amounts of money in. Yeah, it's only randomly. Pick yeah, them. it wasn't. It wasn't even a quiz, was it? It was just just Pick picking a box. Just people in a room, but this strung it out for an entire. Well, they were like they were long episodes, weren't they? they were like, it's like playing it on the quiz machine in the pub. Used to screw you over though, didn't it? You know, <laughs> They're not designed for altruism. <laughs> no. Pub quiz machines. Well, yeah, it was a very strange thing. Yeah. To become popular. Well, that was, I presume, that was one of the ones that sold all over the world mm. as well. One of those strange formats that can just be sold anywhere. What else have I got on my little list here? <laughs> Uh, the BBC TV series Coast started, presented by a man who has turned into an absolute lunatic now, but I'm not going to say any more about that. The programme Rock School. Do you remember this, Morgan? Yes. Rock School with? Uh, Gene Simmons. Oh, my God. No, that was absolutely <laughs> bloody it was brilliant. terrific, yeah. Like, um, yeah, both series of it were really yeah, good fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was, uh, that was riveting TV, that. Absolutely great. But it was British, wasn't it? But it just happened to have Gene Simmons from yeah, Kiss. Yeah, absolutely. As the main yeah, the I think the, it was like a school in like East Anglia or something. They, they, they did two, didn't they? I think one of them he went to a sort of relatively posh school, and then one of them he went to like a, a much more working class uh, place. And yeah, it was it was yeah it was fascinating. He get guest stars, and I think what there was one where they got uh, Tony Iommi in. 
Oh, I remember seeing that one. Which was, which was great. Because they, they were all basically totally unimpressed with Gene Simmons and thought it was just some dreadful old fart. And then Tony Omi came in and they all thought he was brilliant. But I, I always <laughs> remember it was like edited such that like you were led to believe that they were absolutely terrible. Yeah. And then like... Like the concert they were doing at the end, and they were absolutely amazing. Yeah, they were pretty like, good in the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always felt like they, they missed a trick by not having a third series where instead of just having Gene Simmons in one school, that they should have had. Um, I, I felt like they should have maybe in, uh, got Paul Stanley in another one. <laughs> I, I was, I was thinking like Bruce Dickinson would have been a good ho- yeah, a good yeah. host, so they could have had Gene Simmons in one kind of school and then Bruce Dickinson in another, and oh, and then they'd they have a kind you? of battle of the bands at the end. Yeah. If anyone, oh, if anyone wants to take this this idea on and do a new, a modern equivalent of it, then please do. Well, Bruce Dickinson wasn't in Maiden at the time, was he? So he'd have been, he'd have had some time to kill. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the only other one I want to mention on uh, UK television debuts was Celebrity Wrestling, presented by Kate Thornton, who was a TV presenter in the UK, and Rowdy Roddy Piper. How did I miss this? <laughs> I hope it's available somewhere because I need to watch it immediately. <laughs> I mean. I, <laughs> I looked at the list of celebrities, and it is it's nobody. There's no one you know on there. A couple of like people associated with the royal family somewhere along the line. Those sorts of people, okay. you know, and just a couple of sports people. It was just, but yeah, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Kate Thornton <laughs> together at last. <laughs> Tremendous. So anyway, that was the UK. We had a great time in the UK. On Definitely, TV. yeah. US television debuts, of which. A lot of these are really famous, but I don't think I've, I've, I've seen any of these. I've never seen a single episode of How I Met Your Mother. Oh, so, yeah, it's not yeah. really good. I've never, that's opinion. been rebooted or sequeled now, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, I gather so, yeah. I've never seen one single full episode of My Name is Earl. That started in 2000. That was all right, I think, but yeah. I never properly watched it. I don't think it was very easy to get over here, and then it was, but it was years later. And mm. uh, Bones. Starring David Brayanaz, who played Angel. Oh, yeah. Ran for 247 episodes. <laughs> playing a forensic archaeologist or something. Called Bones. Yeah. Well, I don't think he was called. Oh, right. <laughs> he wasn't. I was going to say. Dr. Bones, we found some bones. <laughs> well, that's what I thought it was. Michael Bones. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I really hope so. Oh, that would be brilliant. Um, Prison Break, that was quite big. Never seen a single that was episode. Very, yeah, that was very, very popular, that, wasn't it? Um, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I know lots and lots of people mm. love, but I have tried to watch and couldn't get on with it. Yeah, I think I tried to watch the first episode and just thought, nah, not for me. But I believe some of the people who made and were in that are the people who made Mythic Quest, which was on Apple TV, which is absolutely brilliant. Mm. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be excellent, but all the characters are like really hateful, aren't yeah, they? So that, that's, yeah. that's the kind of point of the whole... I, I think maybe you just have to stick with it to get into it, which I never mm. have done. So Yeah, because, uh, I mean, it's a bit funny because you think of things like um, Parks and Recreation, and a lot of the characters are very self-serving and weird, but you always have Amy Poehler's character, who yeah, is, like, yeah. heart. Mm. You know, so, whereas I think in... Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, it's always sunny. I don't know what the kids call it. Um, it's Everyone's horrible. Um, we have Beauty and the Geek. Oh, oh yeah, hell, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Which oh, was definitely shown over here. Yeah, that was, that was a top TV programme, that. <laughs> oh, they could have called it Boobs and Glasses. Uh, Grey's Anatomy starts in 2005. Oh, my mum loves that. Never and seen we, it. We also have Hogan Knows Best. Oh, God. 
the whole the Hulk Hogan reality based uh, show. Uh, you see, uh, yeah, I thought Paul Hogan first. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Hogan knows best. Eighty-year-old leathery uh, man, Paul leathery Hogan. Australian. Again, they missed the trick. They could have turned that into a competition. Which Hogan knows best? <laughs> yeah. Two competing schools. Two one has Hogan. Paul Hogan. One has Paul Hogan. Both as leathery as each other. Yes, yeah. they probably the are. Both like leathery men. Both probably ninety years old. Yeah. Um, although, as far as I know, Paul Hogan hasn't been in a sex tape that leaked oh. onto the internet. And if he has, please do not tell me. And the last one I'd like to mention is a program called Rock Star. Not Rock School with Gene Simmons, Rock Star. Morgan's pointing. Is this the one uh, where uh, there were two series, weren't there? There was. was the, 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 there was one to find the new lead singer for In Excess. Yeah, that's it. Oh, and my then the God. second one was to find the lead singer for Supernova. Finding a lead singer for Supergroup Rock Star Supernova featuring Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee. Former Metallica and then current Voidoid bassist Jason Newstead yep. and former Guns N' Roses guitarist Gilby Clark. Absolutely. <laughs> With the uh, occasional guest oh, judge oh. Uh, Dave Navarro. Oh. It was tremendous. Essential viewing. This is in the year uh, of our Lord, 2005. Are Supernova still going? Uh, surprisingly, no. <laughs> no. Okay, well, I've got one more thing to mention, which is a Canadian... TV show debut for a show called What Were They Thinking? Which is all about outsized roadside attractions. Which I'd love to see. Say that again. It was about what? Outsized roadside attractions. So you know in North America and Canada, you have like things if you're driving down a big long road of which they have lots, you might come across a gas station that for some reason has a giant ball of yarn outside of it or a massive donut or all those weird... Yeah. fiberglass sculptures of strange you know 50 kilometers to the world's largest hedgehog i don't know mm. so i'd like to see that yeah sounds good some large things in canada seems niche that <laughs> anyway that's tv and we don't choose tv things but i would choose doctor who even though it's a very much a well, hate relationship choosing, with it I'm, at the moment. I'm choosing some of Morgan's ideas there. I mean, yeah. between Rockstar and Rock School. Which Hogan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which Hogan knows best, yeah. It could be called Hogan. Uh, crossover <laughs> everything, then. Um, right, let's get on to music, right? <clears throat> I've got the top tens for sep- uh, the week of 13th of September 2005 for Ooh. the UK and America. And I'm not going to make you guess because, you know, we always have a horrible time doing oh. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll go from 10 to 1 in the UK. And all I want to know from you, Morgan, and you, Steve-O, is do you remember it? That's, <laughs> the, that's the name of the game. You might have figured it out now. The, the answer is no. <laughs> well, oh, maybe, maybe. I think you will okay, in this go top on then. 10. So at number 10, it's These Boots Are Made For Walking by Jessica Simpson. Oh, yes. yeah, from the Dukes of Hazard movie. Yes, that's what it's from. Yes, yes well done. I think it had Willie Nelson guested on it for some reason. Not one of his best moments. He yeah. was probably just stoned. And <laughs> I imagine what he was doing. so. Uh, number nine, Lay Your Hands by Simon Webb. I don't remember uh, that. He's the the guy from Blue, isn't he? But I don't oh. remember what the song went like at all. Lay Your Webbed Hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crawl out of, me your, out of the liquid that you easily move through due to your webbing. Eight is The One I Love by David Gray. 
I saw some alarming adverts that he is um, loose. Oh my uh, Making some sort of. David Gray has escaped confinement. <laughs> yeah, and I think he's. Uh, yeah. Oh no. I uh, I can't remember what that song goes like. No. Well, I can guess. But I'm, right, I'm yeah, not, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, number seven, The Importance of Being Idle by Oasis. Uh, yeah, that was like a, it was a bit of a um, lazy Sunday afternoon by, um, not no, uh, lazing on a Sunday, on a Sunday afternoon rather, by the Kinks knockoff, wasn't it? It was almost exactly the same as that. But That's what earned it its number one position at some point. Yeah. So I don't like Oasis. No, uh, nor do I. Number six, Ponder Replay by Rihanna. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that, that was like Rihanna's breakthrough, wasn't it? Like when she was still sort of pretty much a dancehall reggae kind of yeah. singer. Number five, Bad Day by Daniel Powter. Oh, yeah. What happened to him? That song hangs around, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Like a bad smell. Number four, Fix You by Coldplay. Oh. <laughs> Um, number three, Doctor Pressure by Milo versus the Miami Sound Machine. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I don't. Maybe you're not missing much. No. Uh, number two, Dare by Gorillas. Oh yeah, that's, that's all the, right. Yeah, the Sean Ryder one is it? Yeah, I think so. That one. Because I, I, I think. Yeah, it, it is, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's called Dare. Because I think the lyric is "It's there, but you can't." Because it's Sean Ryder, it comes out as Dare. And at number one, it's "Don't You" by Pussycat Dolls, featuring Buster Rhymes. Oof, what a classic! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think we sort of know most of them. Mm. But the question is, do we know the American top ten of the same uh, week? Definitely not. It's going to be. If there's not. Five featured in this it's, list. Yeah, it'll be hip-hop collaborations that I've never heard of, I'm guessing. Okay, but let's well, see. Let's start on number 10 again. You and Me by Lifehouse. The, no. life, the Lifehouse family. Yeah, that's it. Uh, number nine, Let Me Hold You by Bow Wow featuring Amarian. Oh, little, little Bow Wow. Uh, well, I guess he's, he's not that little by that point. I only remember his... He just his, said Bow Wow. I can't oh, confirm his size. Only remember his, uh, his uh, debut single when he was Little Bow Wow. Like the Snoop Dogg's junior associate. <laughs> Number eight, Sugar We're Going Down by Fallout Boy. Down, down in an earlier round. Sugar We're Going Down, Swinging, and all that nonsense. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So, Number yeah. one with a bullet. Uh, yeah, nonsense. Number seven, Ponder Replay by Rihanna. There she so, is again. There she features. I thought, I had to look again then because I thought my computer screen had, had glitched. But number six is Like You, Bow Wow featuring Kiara. Oh, excellent too. They're both the same. Yeah. Number five, Don't You by the Pussycat Dolls featuring Buster Rhymes. Uh-huh. Three. Number four, We Belong Together by Mariah Carey. We Belong Together. Not that one. I don't know. Um, that one. Good old bonkers Mariah. <laughs> Number three, Lose Control by Missy Elliott featuring Kiara and Fat Man Scoop. I can't remember that one, Lose Control. Uh, I, yes, I vaguely do. Um, it's pretty good, I think, and like fairly... Well, Missy's mind- normally all right. Yeah, fairly mind-boggling video, I think, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Number two, Shake It Off by Mariah Carey. And number one... Gold Digger by Kanye West featuring Jamie Foxx. Oh, Fox. yeah. Five. Five <laughs> featurings. <Yeah. laughs> I do remember that one, yes. Yeah. But, yeah, it's funny. There's a couple of crossovers there, but it's... Um... It's not as bad as what we, all, we had last time, the time before, where we didn't know any of them, really. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, not at all. But yes, we've got to choose our um, our albums from 2004. Ah. Uh, well, this is a bit embarrassing. After nearly six years and 132 episodes, we've suffered our first ever real technical breakdown. Well, I say technical breakdown. Essentially, what happened was I forgot to check that there was enough space to record the episodes on my little Zoom recorder, which I normally do as a matter of course at the start of an episode, but I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's because I've had a cold or I was excited, but for some reason I didn't and we paid the price. Essentially, we lost, you know, we'd have been going for another 10 minutes and we ran out of time and I didn't notice that we had and then it was too late to do anything by the time I'd figured it out. Uh, sorry? So, essentially, we end on a cliffhanger! Yes, we will reveal our picks for 2005 when we come back to do our roundup episode about the series in general, our process, our scores, all that sort of stuff. So you'll be able to answer the question, what did Steve-O think about the films in 2005? What did he choose? What did Morgan pick out of everything that came out that year? What sort of normal, boring rubbish did Paul choose as he normally does? All this and more will be answered when we return. So all I can say is sorry again, and thank you again for being on this journey with us and being part of Hark the 87th Precinct podcast as a project. It's been a fantastic thing to do, knowing that there are people out there enjoying it and appreciating it, which makes us enjoy and appreciate it even more. So thank you very, very much. And until we return, all I can say is... Fare thee well. <laughs> <laughs>